Anybody excited this morning? I'm excited. And I'm not excited because I'm on the stage. I'm excited because God's doing big things in everybody's lives. And sometimes they just, you just don't know what's going on. You don't know where they're at. You don't know what they're going through. But God's about to change the venue of life for a lot of us. A lot of it's been rocky. A lot of it's changed. I want to say this. Um, I appreciate you guys bearing with me. The real preacher will be back next week. Um, so I cook my steak a little different. I use props. I use people. And hopefully the Father will use me to touch your hearts. Other than that, I've got no reason to be on the stage. I say what I hear the Father say, and I do what I see the Father do. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit down and participate. Is everybody okay with that? All right. As long as we can get through that part, I want the Father just to permeate your minds and absolutely touch the hearts of the people that are here. It's not about me. It's about him. So if we can get through that together, I want to say that out front, up front first. Um, I guess we can go ahead and dismiss Children's Church and Nursery. Uh, you guys are free to go ahead if you haven't already. I'm not sure who's in Children's Church. I didn't, I know, like, outstanding. I love it. So um, thanks, everyone, for being here. Um, you're probably wondering why I have this boat up here. We'll get to that. I want to say up front, um, thank you to my friends that have showed up. You guys love you. Appreciate you coming. Uh, means a lot to my niece and my great niece back there. Love you guys. To my beautiful bride that came to support me today. Everybody else could have left the building and you showed up and it, it matters. I love you. Thank you. So that matters to me. Thank you. That's my bride and I love her. She's uh, she keeps me grounded and a lot of times slaps me a lot. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I say, I say stuff and sometimes I don't think about it before I say it. You know, some, y'all don't have that problem, of course. So, um, my sister's got a shirt on <laughs> She knows what that's right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I heard my dad say one time about her shirt. Um, we was at Fifth Street Ministries, and some guy kept talking. He said, boy, I'm about to lay hands on you, and it won't be for prayer. You better back off. <laughs> so uh, I guess I get it from him. I guess so. So last year, I'll, I'll give us some context here. Last year, in June time frame, Josh had asked me. My phone is trying to take a picture. Um, Josh had asked me to minister here. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm good for it. And if I don't check my calendar, I'll tell somebody, yeah, I'm good. And then I got to call them later and said, hey, by the way, I had this. I can't do it. So when I was supposed to preach like three days before that Sunday, he, I called him. I said, man, I messed up. He said, what are you talking about? I said, I have major neck surgery and I'm going to be high as a kite. And I doubt you want me on the stage. He said, oh, yeah, man, that's right. I, you're right. I, absolutely, I said. But I know God's got a message for Truvine. Um, Pastor Karen has uh, the, the home meetings there and invited me to come, and I got to share um, part of what I'm going to do again today, part two. Um, so some of you will get to hear what, I, what, what you didn't hear there. Uh, we'll get into today because I actually was going to talk about AI and Joshua and for those of you who don't know, AI is a, is a place in the Bible. And Joshua tried to overrun it of his own accord and did not do it. And Jesus rescued him. And I thought we were going to the artificial insemination becoming artificial intelligence of our economy and our social life today. And God said, absolutely not. You're going to talk about this storm will pass. This storm shall pass. So I'll give some, I'll give some context um, a little bit. I'm going to get a little vulnerable today, which 
most of you uh, do will never get to see. But um, I trust that uh, we're family. Um, years ago, at about eight, seven or eight years old, my best friend for now 36 years, Daniel Condus, has been my best friend since he was two when I met him. His mom and his grandma, Mama Miles, which is what I called her, took us to the beach. And at the beach, her brother, right? Mama's brother or your uncle, is that right? Or your cousin? Cousin. Her cousin had a shrimp boat. Tony, if you'll hit my picture so these guys can see what I'm talking about. Now, this one's a lot nicer than Buster's. Buster's. So even then, in the 80s, yeah, he would approve. He would approve. Um, and they took us out. I got to go down there numerous times. Most of the time, we just went and played in the water. And I'd come back as red as that piano, sunburnt. I didn't care. I had a good time. And it was memories that I wouldn't give for anything. Um, being with my best friend and getting experience that. Well, a few times, we got to go see the boat. And Buster would let us run around and play with the nets. What we didn't realize, playing with the nets mean he actually was getting free labor because we was helping him clean the nets and wash them off. But we didn't care. We got to be in the boat. And um, one night, we went out in this boat. And for those of you who have never fished on the ocean, most fishermen do it at night. They don't do it during the day. And the wee hours of the night is when they set sail or they... they pull their anchor up, and they go out to the ocean, and they use these big nets that there you can't see exactly how big they are, but there's snatch blocks and ropes and winches and everything you can imagine, plus the massive amount of sound from the, from the motor pushing all this. And what it happens is, is these nets drop down into the ocean, and they begin to go out, and they make big turns in certain pods, and when they do those turns, it scoops up shrimp and everything else. Buster was after the shrimp because that's the way he made his living as a fisherman. And I'm talking about jumbo shrimp. Karen used to bring them back and make them at her house. Ooh, Lord, that and deviled crab cakes. I mean, I love seafood. So for me, seeing all this at 19 years old, I was okay until the side of this boat... On this left side, where you see the mast coming out there, that dude is at about at a 45-degree angle when that boat turns. So most of the boat is about to capsize. I'm scared to death. There ain't, there's nothing in the world now that I'm afraid of. But you put me on that boat again, I might grab a hold of the side rail, terrified again, wondering what's about to happen to me. But at 9, 10 years old, I'm terrified. I'm scared to death, okay? And this boat's, it's tipping over. And I'm looking at Daniel, who's crying with me. We're scared to death. We're like, what did your mama do to us putting us on this boat? And Buster is just kind of gazing, and he winks at us like, boys, it's okay. This is normal. This is what it feels like to go out on this boat. And I'm like, cool. So the boat goes to settle back down. And instead of turning to the right, he turns it to the left because he's got to fill the other net. I'm scared again because the boat's about to capsize. Inside this boat, I was scared. The mission all alone for setting sail in the middle of the evening was simply to go get fish. It was simply a task and the man inside the boat 
who owned the boat, who understood the occupation, was not concerned with my life the way I was concerned with my life because he understood the operation and what was going to happen inside that boat. He understood that that boat was going to do like this and it was going to do like this. And I'm doing this very gracefully, trust me. Every wave, every, it started raining. I mean, I was, I, I don't, I like, once I'm wet, I'll play in the rain all day. I don't like to go out into the rain just to go out into the rain. The army made me do it for years, and now I go do it if I have to. You know, if you're broke down the side of the road, I'm coming tomorrow. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I don't want the rain. I just, I don't enjoy it. Now, snow, sleet, we play all day. But I just don't enjoy it. So I'm already, you know, especially at that age, I still, I was just done. Until we got back to where the ocean had calmed, and we started, I could see the port lights. I could see where he was about to dock again. I thought, whoo, Daniel, there's home. We made it. <laughs> We're not going to die. You know, because, you know, when you're, you know, this tall, the, the last thing that I thought he, because I didn't have a life vest on. He made very clear that we knew where the life, um, uh, the donut thing, whatever it's called. Lifesaver? Is that what it's called? Okay. I didn't know it was called Lifesaver. I thought it had another name. Anyway. I, I just, and it had a long rope, and he said, boys, there it is. Okay, and I was wondering what the big hook for, and that was just in case we fell over, he'd hook us up and bring us back in the boat. So I'm already guessing I'm going to die, especially when that boat started creaking and turning. Why does that matter? It's funny that, that you say all that. We're going to read a little bit, and then we're going to go back, and I'm going to give you some more context. Mark 4, and I have no internet. Who has a Bible? I need a Bible. I, bring it to me. I, oh, wait. Maybe, maybe it did it. Nope. Oh, I got it right here. All right. It decided to start working. Sorry about that. So Jesus has just been speaking to the multitudes. He's been um, healing the sick. And they have just sent the multitudes away. Mark 4, 30... 35, and on that day when even was come, dark time, he said unto them, let's go to the other side. And leaving the multitude, they take with them, him with them, even as he was in the boat. And other boats were with him, excuse me, and there ariseth a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the boat, insomuch now that the boat is filling with water. And he himself was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. This is the ASV. I'm sorry, but you'll get it. And they awake and said unto him, Teacher, carest not that we perish? Do you not care that we're about to die? Kind of like me looking at Buster. Dude, I'm, I'm about to get thrown overboard here. I'm terrified here, and you're taking a nap. And saying to him, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. I want everybody to look at your neighbor and say, peace, be still. Again, peace, be still. Now look at your other neighbor and say it again. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and, said, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you fearful? Have you not faith? And they feared exceedingly. And said one to another, who is this that even the wind and the sea 
obey him. Besides being in, in a literal boat, you can leave the message up, Tony. Besides being in a literal, literal boat, I was in a boat uh, this past year of life along with many of you that felt like um, it just was never going to end. I turned 40, and within three weeks of turning 40, the devil convinced me I wouldn't make it to 41. I think my wife's the only one I talked to about that. Not because I was going to do anything to myself, but because of all the stuff my body has chosen to try to take part in and destroy me with the surgeries. I had already had two surgeries previous. I was looking at another one. Um, blood clots out of nowhere uh, over the last few years. I'm not looking for a sympathy party here. I'm trying to be as vulnerable to you to let you know you're not in the boat alone. Because a lot of times we are set on a stage and it looks to you as though we have some kind of Superman suit when in reality we're just Clark Kent. And when we get up here, we're trying to press through with you and for you, not trying to pretend that I wear a cape and that I've made it. So I was in this area of my life that um, every crashing wave that could hit my heart, my body, my mind, Every storm that rose up, if it could hit you, it hit us last year. Not, and, and, and I say this, for me, it wasn't even as much the pandemic side. It was literally the physical side for my body. My wife would wake me up out of my sleep, screaming in pain or just, you know, because I couldn't sleep or, or being tormented. I had three spirits visit me in the middle of the night. They visited Nate in the middle of the night, come screaming to lay down with his mom because they were so real, you could see them figuratively in your bedroom. For those of you who are like, dude, this is getting creepy. This is reality. It took me four months to find out what the first spirit was. I called everybody I knew. Nobody had a clue. I gave them the description, told them what they said, told them what they stood for. I, I, I was so out of it. And the waves had hit and crashed around me for so long after my 40th birthday in May, gives you a, a time frame, that I could not grasp what was going on to be able to focus in on rebuking the spirit that had been sent to destroy me, my family, and those that I loved. As many of you, I buried three friends last year. Two of them I, I didn't even know had passed, uh, or two more of them that I didn't even know had passed until months later because they couldn't even do a funeral for them. And I know some of you have experienced that, and I'm sorry for that. One of them, my closest friend, um, probably besides my wife, male figure, ever, um, found out that he passed through a text message or a Facebook message. My wife come to the room. I done went to bed crying. Jeremy's gone. Then to find out months later his dad had passed as well, who had become a father figure to me. Um, I broke horses for him. I trained and broke horses at 16 to 17. I'd go to Tennessee during the summer and break horses for him. I found out both of them passed and couldn't even do a funeral. No military honors for either of them. Both of them decorated war heroes. So life come at me the way it's hit some of you. 
Some of you have buried friends. Some of you, your bodies have decided to take a turn or some of you finances have been hit. Some of you, not so much finances, but your family has been at all because you've spent so much time together. You didn't realize if you was gonna make it to the next week or not or if you was really sure you should be married to that man or to that woman because there was no out. There was no way to get away. And for me, I needed to draw from something. And I spoke to two people. Two people knew about those spirits in my house or, 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 or the attacks on my body because those are the only ones I felt at the time I could trust. I said, this is weird, Jeremy. That's all right. The steak's simmering. We're cooking here. We're about to get into it here shortly. I promise you I'm going somewhere with this. But if I don't lay a context and let you see the context of from where I'm sitting, then you won't see the breakthrough on the other side of this. You won't understand that when I was in that boat, I didn't feel like there was a uh, uh, gatherings on the other side of the lake. I didn't feel like there was a way out. I didn't feel like the storm around me was ever going to stop. Jesus is headed to the other side of the lake of gatherings, knowing the whole time he had a mission when he got there. Everybody knows the man in the tomb of Gadarenes who was tormented. That's the one that said, let us not leave the city, but let us go into the pigs. Everybody's following who I'm talking about. He knew the hurricane was on its way. He knew the storm was on its way. Aaron, come on. Jacob, Eli. I like props. I like visuals because that's how I learn. Let me see it. Show it to me, Father. And this is the way I've seen it. Get comfortable, Aaron. Now, I was in that boat. Go ahead, boys. No, I mean rock that thing. I was in the boat, and there's no way I could have went to the bow of that ship and took a nap. The Bible says that the cushion that Jesus actually had his head on was like a king's throne cushion, if you'd read it um, in, in context. And this is what the boat's doing, and he's asleep. Why? Wow, his disciples are scared to death. These are It's like Buster looking at me like, boys, we, we ain't going to make it. It ain't going to happen. The boat's going to go over because it was rocking and reeling, and the waves were sitting there, and Jesus asleep in the bottom of a boat. The whole time, the whole while, the waves are crashing and the boat's going up and down and Jesus asleep the entire time. Jesus wasn't concerned with the storm outside the boat. He was concerning himself and resting for the fight on the other side of the lake. And some of, I'm gonna get a little ahead of myself, but that's okay. Some of us feel like we're in a boat, and some of it is our husband and our wife, our career, our life, our finances, our family, our ministry. What's that yellow one right there? Children? Some of us, that's the storm hitting us while we're inside this boat. And we feel alone. And look at Jesus. Go ahead, boys. Jesus sleeping in the boat. Jesus asleep in the boat. 
Why? It's rocking and reeling. And it's going crazy. And the wind is absolutely destroying everything on the boat. The Bible says that it is taking on water and filling to the brim. Now, I don't know about you, but if that boat takes on water and Jesus is sleeping, either he's Aquaman or he had a boat. Think about it because this is the stuff I read. I'm trying to figure out if the boat has filled to the brim of water and he's at the bow of the ship in the inner parts in the inner parts of our vessel, how is the man asleep? Just throwing it out there. And Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. Actually, if you look and study what the part of the boat is, it's dead center in the middle of the boat where a small room is kind of like where your heart is. Jesus taking up rest and abode in your boat because he has set you on a mission. He just filled a multitude and while it feels like the storm of life around you has destroyed you and that your health hasn't gotten any better, your finances hadn't gotten any better, your career couldn't take a worse time to decide that, sorry, sir, ma'am, we no longer need you in this venue of employment. You've got to go somewhere else. Jesus is still sleeping in the bottom of the boat with his head laid up on a pillow, somehow breathing with a boat full of water. But in just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I want everybody in this room as loud as you can to say Jesus. Okay? All right. One, two, three. Jesus! Wake up. Wake up. So the waves didn't wake him. The storm and the hurricane sent his way did not wake him. While he's in the bottom of the boat, none of that destroyed or interrupted his rest or his sleep. But when one of his believers, when one of his disciples, in the midst of the boat that were scared, like the boat of life that you're in today, your sleep or he, you feel like you're alone and you're trying to figure out, you've seen this man, Jesus, you've heard of this man, Jesus, do so many miracles. And yet it seems like you're scared like I was on this shrimp boat. And I'm here to tell you, it wasn't the winds, it wasn't the waves, it wasn't the hurricane. It was one, two, three. So you're telling me you have the power to wake up Jesus over the winds and waves of your life that have came against you, that have set out course against you because whether you see it or not, you were placed on planet earth for a purpose, for a mission. You were set in place for this very reason. And you're saying, but, but Jeremy, I don't see it. Jeremy, I don't feel like it. Jeremy, the boat's been rocking. Jeremy, life has hit me. Jeremy, the pandemic took away my family. Jeremy, my children need to be smacked in the mouth and I need them to go back to school. My wife and my husband, they're in my way. Please, for the love of God, go piddle with something, Jeremy, get out of the house. But when we're laid out in the bed, 
and we're scared to death and we've cried because the enemy has attacked our minds and the enemy has set course to destroy the purpose God set when he said, hey boys, let's get in the boat in the middle of the night because we're going fishing. His purpose in fishing was on the other side of the lake because he knew he was about to destroy the legion of devils that was at the man in the tomb of Gadarenes. Some of you feel like the man. Some of you feel like you're in the boat. God Almighty, I feel the Holy Ghost here. So, so, you, so you're, you're, Jeremy, what, well, what did you do? How, how, how do you know? Jesus knew the storm was headed anyway. Before he set course and said, let's go to Gadarenes. That's why he was at peace. He wasn't scared of the storm. The storm didn't rock him. If it did anything, it's like those of us grew up in an old farmhouse with a tin roof when it rained. It rocked him to sleep. The waves just carrying its master where they were supposed to go. But the spirit that sent them, this is the key. We're going to do it again. One, two, three. And immediately Jesus gets up. He goes to the front of the ship and he says, peace, be still. So you're telling me when my health is not in order, there's a Jesus that will rise up when I call his name and say, peace, be still. You're telling me that when finances are not going the way, no matter the reason or my children are out of hand, I can call on the father and say, Jesus, and he'll rise up from his rest because the Bible says on the seventh day and he rested, which is the posture that he has been taking ever since. He rises up from his rest, puts on the breastplate of righteousness, gets to the bow of the ship and says, peace, be still. If you look in the Hebrew context, it actually says, oh, hush, and lay down. Hush and lay down. Some of you need to look at the storm that you're facing and say, I wish you'd hush and lay down. I wish you'd hush and lay down. You've destroyed my mind. You've destroyed my body. You've destroyed my family. You've, you've went after everything you can go after. But I call on the name of Jesus Christ, whose blood is the propitiation for our sins, who nailed the ordinance that were against us on Calvary's cross. And peace be still to you. You say earlier, we said that three times. Dad taught us about the secrets of numbers and what they mean in the, in the body of Christ. We're going to destroy the yokes of bondage that's coming against your life. I know I move a lot. I told you, real preacher, be back next week. <clears throat> Today, you may be feeling like there's a storm in your body. You may be feeling there are waves and a hurricane going on in your life or in your family. And I'm here to tell you this storm cannot stop you. You can overcome. You will not be overwhelmed by the feeling of the ships that's around you. The enemy sent the storm to try and destroy the work that was started in you. The enemy has hopes of destroying the mission that was set forth in your life before the foundations of the world. He has hope to use generation curses to allow a hindrance and keep you from your purpose but the storm will not stop you. Ecclesiastes says where the words of a king there, there is where the words of a king, where there are words of a king, there is power. 
And he who hearkens to the word of a king will experience nothing harmful. And when you speak as a king, you can speak to your storm. You can speak to your mind. You can speak to your family. Some of you can speak to your business. Some of you can speak to your finances. Some of you can speak to your community and to your county, to your city, to your state. And say, peace be still. Would you just hush and lay down? Because I've called on the name of Jesus. This is real to me. I was listening to a podcast of a man I'd never heard his name before. I, I, I listen to podcasts more than anything. He wasn't even preaching. It was a teaching series. And I heard him as audibly, not thinking about it. My mind was already wrapped around whether or not I was going to make it to 41. Ask my wife. I had made plans to make sure financially she was set for the rest of her life as well as my children. Am I telling the truth? And I heard just as clear as day, in the middle of his teaching, he stops in his normal monotone voice. And he says, I don't know who this is for, and this is weird, and this is out of context with what I'm doing. But he said, I want to make sure I say it the way he said it to me. Sorry. He said, I don't know who this is for. You shall live and not die. <laughs> See, for the last couple of weeks, I've been, Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do. Jesus, I don't know. The whole time when my boat was rocking and reeling and the waves of life was crashing around me and all my family was hurting, my extended family was hurting, and I didn't have a way to help them fill their nets, all I knew, Jesus, Jesus. And whether this man realizes or not, when he said you shall live and not die, he was saying, peace, be still. Storm around Jeremy Button, hush and lay down. God Almighty. In the midst of the suffering, there is hope. In the midst of the sickness, there is healing. In the midst of brokenness, there is a bomb in Gilead. In the midst of war, there is peace. In the midst of darkness, there is process. And those things which are done in dark will come to light. Because as the storm hit in the middle of the night, when the next morning arrived and they were on the other side of the ship, Jesus gets on the other side of what the lake was in Gadarenes, and the enemy met him there. Immediately, he's waiting on him to see, have you come to destroy us? Where are you going to send us? Please don't make us leave the city. Don't make us leave the city. Just venture that we go somewhere else. Let us find another vessel. Anybody sound like some of, the, uh, uh, some of your family, some of your coworkers, some of the atmosphere that you've been in? Jesus shows up and the enemy's already trying to tell you, well, that job showed up, but they're going to fire you in two days. You're not going to make it. Jesus shows up on the other side of the boat after the storm has went, already went away. He's already taken care of the storm. Now he's on the other side of the lake at the tomb of Gadarenes. And the man who was possessed by the devils comes out and the, 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 the spirits 
the devils were speaking with Jesus. What are you going to do with us, Jesus? Don't send us away, Jesus. And the Bible says he cast it out of the man. And they sent him off into the pig. Two things happened there. Read your history. The man was set free and in his right mind. There's your peace be still. And the Bible says until Jesus got back in the boat, he followed him around in his right mind and clothed. Clothed with what? Righteousness, peace, joy, and what? In the Holy Ghost. The second thing that happened there. In Gadarenes, their number one income was swine, filth. And it was able to prosper because of the spirits that were at the man of Gadarenes. So Jesus not only destroyed the yoke of bondage that had been inside the man, he took care of the income situation and got rid of the purpose of the enemies and cast them out. They drowned themselves in the lake. What does that mean to me, Jeremy? Your boat's rocked long enough. Praise team, come on. Your boat has rocked long enough. You have done everything that you know to do. You have pushed forward. You say, I, I, but, but I, 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 no. Jesus says to you, peace be still. He's telling your storm. And some of you need to look the storm in the eye and say, I wish you'd hush and lay down. I wish you'd shut your mouth and lay down. You've got no say here. And on the other side of this thing, because your mission was to get to the other side of the lake. And I want you to see what was, your, what was your purpose. What has God told you to do? What did God tell you you were called for? What did God say was on the other side of the lake? Because whether you realize it or not, God still has purpose for you even during your storm. You got to remember Jesus is in your boat. Jesus is in the center, in the mass of everything that's going on. He's in the heart of man. And that inside this boat, he destroys the yoke of bondage when he says, peace be still. And when he gets to the other side of the lake, that's where we function. That's where I feel like I'm at right now. Because my storm was death. My storm was, was fear and the spirits. And simply calling on the name of Jesus. Screaming out the name of Jesus, crying out the name of Jesus, feeling alone and scared. And it was just as plain and simple as a peace be still. Tony, that other picture, please. Can you see this? Because <laughs> some of you feel like this guy right here. He felt like there was no way out. That his boat had been rocked. That his storm had tried to destroy him. So he climbs on the other side of this bridge and says, I'm going to take my own life. It's not worth the next step. He didn't see a Jesus in the boat with him. But when the strangers around him, Madison, come here. Ashley, come here. Give it back to me. Stand right there. Come here, sweetheart. Yep. When the strangers around him that he didn't know, that he didn't expect, realized what he was about to do, they said, wait a minute. This man's about to take his own life. Grab me, girls. Through a bridge. <laughs> and they held him there <laughs> till he could be rescued. 
The funny part about that, all right, let go. You're killing me. The funny, the, the, the odd and the irony of this is they said that the man, when they let go of him, had a cross that was inside the bridge pressed into his chest. And I'm telling you that there was a cross at Calvary for those of you that can't see a way out, for those of you that feel like life has just went too far, for those of you to feel like there is no answer. I'm telling you, Jesus is the answer. See, when I cut my leg, we call a paramedic, but there's no paramedic to heal a broken heart except Jesus. When I cut my leg off, they sever it and then they give me something to keep it from getting infected. But there's nothing for your mind when it's not whole, when it's not right, and you can't think for yourself. There's only one answer to the broken heart. There's only one answer to the destroyed mind. When you don't see a way out, you call on the name of Jesus Christ, who will heal your broken heart, who will destroy the yoke of bondage that's tried to destroy your mind, who has tried to send the spirits that's been against you because you've got a purpose to get on the other side of the lake. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. God Almighty, I feel that strong. Thank you, girls. I said, Jeremy, that's, that's, that's pretty tough. This is, this is what people are living in. I was there. This is where people are at. And we can't pretend it's not real and that it's not happening. We've got to give them the love of Jesus. We've got to look past our religious preferences. We've got to look past our cultural by and bys and say, if we don't give them Jesus, we're giving them a Band-Aid. And a Band-Aid falls off and you got to replace it. But when you lay Jesus, who was at the cross and resurrected, he heals from the inside out. It is the only way. It is the only answer. When your boat's rocking and it feels like there's no way out and every symptom that you could come up with like it was for me. I can't believe the guy's supposed to be a pastor. I'm dealing with that stuff. It's because you've been fooled to think I was Superman because a title was put behind my name that I didn't put there. I'm just Clark Kent. And what I'm telling you today is that there is a bomb in Gilead and some of you are hurting. Some of you have cried out like you've never cried before and your body still ain't whole. I don't have a secret wand. There's no touch in my body that's gonna change what's going on in your body. But I can tell you for me, when I called on the name of Jesus and that's where I found myself because I couldn't find a way out. He didn't just give me a band-aid. He didn't just give me a reprieve. <laughs> he became my recompense. <laughs> he saw me hurting and he judged me worthy. <laughs> oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of us I have wore the Superman suit so long. We have tried to become so much for so many that it has destroyed us and who we really are. That it's hard for us to love. That it's hard for us to hold on. That it's hard for us to reach out. 
that it's hard for us just to be ourselves. And I'm telling you today, if you'll let the love of Jesus, if you'll let the love of Jesus, when you call on his name, destroy the yoke and the spirit and the storm that was sent against you and your family. I heard the father just say, somebody's been praying for their family and it's not your sons and daughters. It's your mom, your dad, your brothers, sisters, and even an aunt and uncle. I, I'm not hearing grandma and grandpa. It doesn't mean he don't love them. I say what I hear him say. And he said, just call out for him. Just call out for him. Just call out for him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Peace be still. They're about to sing a song. I want you to listen to the words of it. Because some of you are right here, right now. You've got a wound and it's not a cut on your hand or your leg. Your heart is bleeding for an answer. Your mind has been destroyed by whatever may have come your way and happened to you. Uh, this is gonna get deep and I'm sorry for those this may get, but some of you have been touched in ways that should have never happened. And God wants to fix that in your life today Someone you should have been able to trust took advantage of you. Thank you, Lord. Peace be still. Hush and lay down. Hush and lay down. Thank you, Father. Y'all stand as they begin to sing. Go ahead, Priesty. I remember when I was young. And your voice shouting loud my name. And since that moment, I haven't heard it quite that way. Well, now that I'm older, could you say it again? Storms out. 
simply say peace be still hush and lay down thank you Lord. father best I could do hearing what you gave to me to give to them ask you father that you hear the cries of their heart when the storms are crashing around them and that most of all they'd hear the peace be still that this storm will not stop them. The storm of life that they find themselves in, wherever they may be, there is a greater than Solomon in the boat. I thank you, Father. We give you praise and honor. We love you and thank you for all things, Father, for destroying the yoke of bondage, setting us free. Thank you, Father. I speak health and healing to the body health and healing to the body health and healing to the body to the community father to the county to the city states will be synonymous with the word of god but thank you father thank you when the storm of life gets to blow in you're in the boat jesus you're in the boat we love you father we thank you as long as you want stay as long as you want um love you guys thanks for having me um i won't be here i'll be out of town next week but um thank you for having me love every one of you and uh, go in the love of the lord